Well, good evening, everybody. Show number 24 here on the Jimmy Palumbo Show. I'm your host, Jimmy Palumbo. We have a very, very special show today. We have a special guest, probably uh, uh, probably my biggest guest of all time. That's right, coming up in just a few minutes. Artie Lang, that's right, my old buddy Artie Lang coming on the show for the first time here. Artie Lang is officially getting involved. I have right now, I still have Chris behind the glass and Dave Sturcio in studio, but uh, when we talk to Artie, we're probably just going to just be me and him over the phone having a few laughs, but this is show number 24, and of course, those of you just tuning in, we name our shows by famous jerseys, and this is show number 24, so I could say Robinson Cano. I could say Ricky Henderson, Tino Martinez, Sanchez, Bonds, all those guys. For the old men out there, if my dad was still alive, Al Downing, pitcher for the Yanks, was number 24. I almost went with Kevin Moss, another another all or nothing did hitter. Did you mention Ricky Henderson? I did at all the right, time. Okay, okay. Um, uh, listen, Kevin Moss is the kind of guy he'd be making, uh, you know, Oh, he'd be per- he's a tailor-made right. player for I right now. I almost went with Ruben Sierra, who just happens to personally be my favorite uh, shitty Yankee, but who was great. Um, but I got to go, listen, I'm, I'm a Nick fan, and growing up, I got to go back to being a kid. I got to go with the number 24 for the New York Knicks, Bill Bradley. This is the number 24 show, show will be for me, Bill Bradley. Now, I always ask Chris Gucci behind the glass, who is your number 24? So I did a little more research today. Because I knew you usually give a list of 31 players, and then you give me a hard time about me not having yeah, because players. Because you always suck at it. Well, it's, because I'm like better I said, at this. I, I, I Google the same list that you do, so I could already tell the guys that you're going to pick, right? So I'm like, okay, which that's why I have Ricky Henderson down, and I didn't know if I heard you say him, so I was going to pick you up there. But I'll keep it football-oriented okay, you because always you know go I'm football. in football okay. mode right now. I didn't go, even, I, you know what? I didn't even research football at all. So right, I, so I, I, Marshawn I, Lynch. I do have a baseball guy too, Marshawn Lynch, beast mode, right? I don't give a fuck what Dave is saying in the corner. Okay. He's trying to tell me a, another 24. Did you mention Ken Griffey Jr.? I did not that's, mention Griffey Jr. Ju- you know what? I wrote it here. I didn't I didn't say it. Okay, so uh, then now uh, in football, obviously I'm a Packer fan, so we'll go Willie Wood for the old timers like okay, Jimmy. Okay, a little right? Willie Wood. I and did then see the his first, name. The first two-time appearance on the name that show by the football or baseball number is Charles Woodson, who is number 21 for the Packers, but he was number 24 for the Raiders, and he's one of my favorites, if not my favorite defensive player of all time. But it doesn't count. He doesn't, he doesn't, and nothing he did for the Raiders counts, right? Well, I mean, he did make four Pro Bowls. He did make a Super Bowl, and then he did sign with them after his Packer career. So he had a nice bookend career but with he pretty Oakland. Much, he wasn't but he's a good. Packer in the Hall he's of Fame. Packer. He's going to go in as a Packer, or okay. he went in as a Packer, I should say. So you're going to go with Woodson? Woodson, but really what I'll do is in honor of his 500th home run that he hit yesterday, Miguel Cabrera. See, that's awful. Entered the 500 club. So you're going to go with the, the Miguel Cabrera show, number 24. Yeah. And you know who we did not mention? I'm not mentioning Manny Ramirez. We did not mention Otis Anderson. Well, that's your that's, that's your department. Terrible. That's on you, bro. No, Otis Anderson was the running back that looked like he was 58. Okay. So listen. But he was... Bottom line is, I, I'm going with Bill Bradley, a number 24 senator from New Jersey. Bill... Bradley, and you're going with, with a little side note to Ruben Sierra, and you're going with Miguel Cabrera, show number 24 on the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. We are heading right into our show, uh, and when we come back, we have Artie Lang. You know, myself and Gooch are both getting a little older. One of the first things to go is your vision. Thank goodness for our hookup over at Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, right on Main Street next to the train station. 
They have glasses for all ages, all budgets. They have safety glasses, sports glasses. They are a full-service powerhouse offering eye exams and even free lenses for the kids. They work with BCBS, AAA, AARP, giving massive discounts. They're open five days a week, closed on Wednesdays and Sundays. Call 732-326-3937 to get your first pair of Ray-Ban, Burberry, Coach, Polo, you name it. They got it. Go see Craig and Johnine right now. All right, everybody, we are back here on the Jimmy Palumbo Show, show number 24, getting involved here. Um, I have a very special guest, near and dear to my heart. Um, I've known this guy since 1989, but I'm sure he'll tell me exactly when I met him. He's been a huge part of my entertainment career. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time on the Jimmy Palumbo Show, Mr. Artie Lang. What's up, Art? Wow. Wow, what's up, Jim? Hey, uh, 1991. Well, I met you in 91. I thought it was 89. Okay, 91, yeah. 91 is when I, I came to see you do an improv show with uh, Michael Wayne and Beach. Oh, and, uh, and Murphy, and Murphy Grimes. And Murphy Grimes was involved. The dinner and, theater uh, show, right? Was it dinner theater or was it just it, improv? No, it was dinner theater. Was oh, that's theater right. Involved. That's right. I, I, I had a job working as a longshoreman at the port. Uh, I uh, I was trying to get into the show business, and you, you know uh, we had a mutual friend, and he took me to see you, and said, "Would you be interested in doing something like this?" And I said, "Yeah, I guess you know." And uh, and I ended up doing the therapy show for three months. It with was, you. the show was called Murders Crossing, and back then it was. Remember, there was like a rage of dinner theater, and uh, but we did like what we call shitty dinner theater. We actually had to serve the food, and uh, you know what? At, at, at right. that point, it was the greatest gig ever. We were making like I don't know two hundred dollars a night, and we were trying to get laughs and busting balls in Middlesex County at these shitty places. And uh, yeah. you, you played the drunk priest. I played the uh, the detective who's trying to solve the crime. And uh, right. we just walked around with and Murphy. I you, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually the guy who did the murder too. I think. I, yeah, I'm you were the. Right. That's right. Yeah, you actually were the murderer at the end. That's right. And we like, yeah. sh- don't I shittily arrest you at the end? <laughs> yeah. So, so it was. Uh, we both knew Deej. Deej was uh, played third base, and that's now right. Deej was third base. Deej uh, was in you know uh, beer league. Yeah, Deej played third in beer league. Yeah. Yeah, right. And uh, I, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was, it was, it was a fun way to make money. Right, right. No, we were making, money. and then, of course, I always tell people is that we did, every time we did a show, Artie and I would get paid 200 bucks, but easily our bar tab was 400 at the end of the show. Yeah. It was, yeah, we would get tips and then just go spend it. That's right. We did, um, yeah, the dinner theater thing. And then, you know, I remember at the time because um, I remember being like, uh, me and you didn't really know each other. I'm like, all right, I'm, go- I'm getting into the showbiz thing. And you're like, oh, I want to get into it too. And we, I literally, my shitty Honda Civic, um, I would pick you up. We'd go into the city on all these open calls from backstage. And you and I would go in. I had my monologue about thinking I'm a ream of paper. And your monologue was that... I think it's something from Imus or some kind of uh, funny uh, monologue yeah. you did. And we went yeah. in, I would say, what, three times a week into the city? Um, and Easy. we were, and we were two, listen, 
you can't think of two bigger boobs going into the city. No clue about showbiz. Uh, I, I always thought you were funny as hell even sitting at the bar with you. And we would go in, and uh, of course, the classic story we laugh at. You said to me, hey, Jimmy, since uh, you're driving in, you know, I'll, I'll pay all the tolls. And so the first, right. day, the first day of that agreement, <laughs> we go to the Lincoln Tunnel. I pull up, this is before Easy Pass, I pull up in front of the toll, and I kind of stick out my hand in the car like, you know, <laughs> and you look at me and you go, what? I go, all right, the, the toll money. And you look at me with a straight face and said, I have nothing. I have nothing. I'm like, what do you mean you have nothing? You didn't have a wallet. You didn't have a driver's license, a credit card, no ID. And I took out my money. I paid the guy. And for that six-minute ride in the tunnel, I was ripping on you. I remember saying, like, Art, you are heading into the largest metropolis in the world. You have nothing. You have no ID. If you drop dead on the street, they don't find you for months. <laughs> and then you laughed. That's why people... Yeah. It's so funny when people say to me, oh, you, you did beer league with Artie, you know, Artie and beer league. How long you know Artie? I'm like, I knew Artie when it was just Jimmy and Artie going in. And I'll never forget, and I've told this story on the air, we started doing this uh, improv group called Alan Chan Improvables. And he had two of them. Yeah. One group was the Improvables, and the other group was called the World's Sexiest Improv Group. Artie and I didn't make that group. We uh, we made the Improvables, but... Yeah, it was like good-looking people doing comedy. Yeah, that's which what, that never works. Comedy. And then yeah. but the, we we auditioned, and uh, we both thought we did okay in that shitty place on West 22nd Street. But we didn't know. There was a bunch of people there. And uh, the next day, I remember we were at my house, and I checked my machine. We're getting ready to play softball. It was a Wednesday night, and Artie was going to play for us. And I checked the machine, and I got the message saying, hey, Jimmy, it's Alan Chan. Welcome to the Improbables. You know, you, you know, I'm going to keep you. And then remember your face. Now you had to call your message machine and, and right. get the word. And I was like, oh, my God, what do I do if they say, oh, I need it? But I knew. I knew if I made it. I knew you were, you know, you were like LeBron back then. So I knew if they, <laughs> they're going to put me on the squad. Yeah. You know, if they're going to put whole, Gerald whole, Williams on the squad, they're going to put you on the squad. The whole, Gerald Williams, the whole thing was, was was crazy because I mean you think about the fact that back then calling the answer machine don't even know what the hell that is. It's crazy. Those days in the city, man. I mean, we were just uh, we would do shows. Uh, uh, remember those shows we do, and they were like four thirty in the afternoon in the summer. And then we come out, yeah. and it would still be sunny out. You would be like, "We're on Broadway," but it's still sunny out. It was so, it was so not Sinatra. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then of it course. It was improv, improv shows that we would try to do. It's like, you know, you don't feel like you're in show business when you get done with your show and you come out in daylight. <laughs> but not the next day, not the next day, the same day. <laughs> but we, uh, you know, I, I, listen, it was so pathetic. Back then, you were, first of all, every time you were on stage doing, you weren't really doing stand-up that much at the time. We would do improv, and uh, you were very, very good at it. I was just okay. and uh, But I, I would just try to make you laugh. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> you would be so angry at me when I would, I don't know if the famous thing I tell people all the time, when the word was knish, and I, yeah. I started imitating Roy White with the pigeon-toed batting stance on a stage in New York at 545. <laughs> and you, were, you were trying to guess what I was doing. And then when the, when the game ended, it was Kanish. And you said, Kanish, what were you doing? 
I said, I'm imitating Roy White. He's on the, he's on the, uh, when the guy at Yankee Stadium sells the conditions. It says, first of all, first of all, that's got to be a bogus story. Because the first man that comes to my mind, it's not. It's true. You yelled at me. First of all, how many people, how many people listening right now know about you? <laughs> Oh my God! Then you would say stuff to me, Jimmy. How dare you say that on stage? And then you would go, "It's the funniest thing I've ever heard." But if your cousin John and my cousin Jeff are in the audience, no one's getting that joke. We would be. You remember I did the joke about wiffle ball at the in shoot, which was on the box of a wiffle ball. You would, you would get so mad at me. Another classic uh, me and Lang story is um, the girls in the group would get like dressed up for a show. <laughs> and Artie's gonna get mad. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta say these people take improv very seriously. Yeah, and Artie would, uh, Artie and I, well, we would always to us it was a night out, so we'd have a couple beers before, and but we always went to the basement of these places to rehearse just to get going. You know, we'd hold hands, and but Artie was never there for that. Okay, all of a sudden, this one time, uh, uh, there was a was it Lillian Garcia who was with us. Everybody's like, where's Artie? It was always Jimmy, where's Artie? Like, as if I was responsible. I'm like, I don't know where he is. Next thing you know, Artie would come thundering down the steps with a slow, disinterested pace with a large <laughs> vat of tequila in one end and a Bud Light in the other end. He would come into the group. And some of the people in the group were like these artsy NYU grads who just looked at Artie like, oh, what, what is he doing? This man is a drunk. Why is he acting this way? And I would roll my eyes. But Artie would walk right into the circle and immediately say like 10 funny things <laughs> but then Artie would get like bumped and he spilled tequila on this girl's shirt she had like a nice little blouse on and next thing you know she gets hit by Artie's tequila <laughs> Artie was like oh, I'm sorry he's trying to wipe it off <laughs> she's like oh my god and then of course Artie got on stage and kicked ass so nobody you know you, you were like our Lawrence Taylor of the group <laughs> but we used to laugh wow. that was so much fun back then doing all that stuff but you, and listen, well, do you watch? Good. I'd say I was Lawrence. I'd say I was Lawrence Taylor because I would definitely fail the urine test every time. But uh, <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. Man. It was a lot of fun. We did a lot of shitty shows. I you know what I did? I actually went on. You're gonna laugh at me. You're gonna call me a, a creep. I actually went on Wikipedia because I want to say what the hell? Are they, what are they saying about Artie? I'm like Wikipedia, which is not really official stuff. But and I love your that you have listed as your. Uh, First paid gig, the Merchant Marine Academy gig we did over yeah, by the Throgs Lake Bridge. And it that was, was the first was paid one? Paid. That's even so funny. I think so. It was the first time we made any money. And we left. Uh, we were we so nervous about traffic. Down. We left at noon for an 8 o'clock show. At the under, and all the guys, well, who's it? Your uncle said, oh, that's right underneath the Throgs Lake Bridge. And we panicked. We thought we'd never get there with traffic. And we got there early. It was too funny. What a shitty show that was. Early. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, again, it would be like if these college gigs, it would be like four people there watching us. There'd be more people in the improv group than in one. <laughs> it's like, we, we, we look like the, the, the Allman Brothers on stage with everybody, and the audience yeah, had four it was people. Such, uh, it was such shitty improv. It was just the shittiest. It was like, right. uh, 
you know, we, we would always hope for like one thing that you said that we, and it, would say, it, it was, it became not improv, it became almost scripted because right. every time we end the same way. Yeah, you had that one uh, joke about Chad being on uh, Baywatch or something, and yeah, yeah stuff like that. Uh, it, was, it was, I called it shitty improv, but we were, we were quick on our feet. You know, but the weird thing was, and this is like a showbiz thing, not that not that I I didn't really hold up my end of the bargain, but you know, we did. Um, for those of you in my audience that don't know, Artie and I were in this group, but then Mad TV came along, and they had these major nationwide, worldwide auditions for the show, and everybody in our group auditioned for it, and Artie was you know was 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 good enough, and he and he got on the show which was awesome. But the cool thing was that the, the improv group, that sketch group that already left, we also got a deal like a year later. So like, it's amazing that like two deals on Fox and NBC occurred from that original group. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That's hard to do. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And everything, everything that happened, that was good in my career life can be traced back to, to those improv days. Yeah. That, Mike Stafford. Well, the improv days got me uh, the staff and stuff, the live on tape, which was a thing we created after uh, right. the improv. And then that got me on Mad TV, and Mad TV got me on uh, into movies uh, right. with Norm McDonald, and then Norm got me on the Howard. And uh, that was like the, the rest is history. History for me. I remember, me, yeah. I remember the first, me and Deej went out. Um, uh, and by the way, Deej is the guy in beer league who wears like the really like he's the Guido mitt and all that stuff. You guys know who that is. We went out for the taping of Mad TV, and to me it was it was surreal. We were like, I can't believe we're watching Artie do these sketches, like live from the audience. But I don't know if you remember this. You you were still in L.A. shooting the show, but I think we went to Shecky's house. I think it was Shecky's, or someone had like a pretty big apartment. I forget who it was, with like twenty five of your high school buddies. And we watched the first airing of Mad TV with, uh, with like, I didn't even know all your friends. I knew some of them. But we all watched it together. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we're completely uh, uh, blown away that, you know, you were actually on a network television show. One, you know, it was like yeah. one of your asshole buddies making it. You can't believe it. You know what I mean? Um uh, so, no, it was like it was unbelievable. It was surreal, and I always felt bad because you were in LA shooting the show, and it would have been so cool if you were there partying with your 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 uh, you know your buddies. Because to us, man, it was cool as hell. It was like holy shit, this guy made it. I can't believe it. Um, so uh, hey, so look, are you? I mean, are you? You still do you watching the Yankees at all this year? Are you still with the sports stuff? What do you? What's what's going on with that? That's the thing since I stopped gambling. And I had to stop gambling. I realized I'm not as big a sports fan as I thought I was. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, no, but uh, you know, the Yankees. You know, right. Are you going to be uh, you watching the Giants at all this year? Or probably not. I guess if you're not gambling. When you watch no, a game, does really. it make you want to gamble? I guess it does. Yeah, it's it's, it's a bit of a trigger to let myself get carried away with that. You know, it was such a cool thing, and then you know. Uh, it, it, uh, it's just surreal to think of the life I used to have where it involved using drugs and drinking and gambling so much. Um, and, you know, short things from guys who said they knew how to lock in and all this shit. Right, <laughs> you, so know, it's funny, you were the perfect friend to have because you would always try to tell me you're being ridiculous. I would you try to talk you out of it to no avail. Um, 
But uh, no one ever told me how to hang. That's the fact. I was the problem. No one ever told me how to hang. I know. Once you, once you, once you got in your head, I uh, remember I used to, used to even borrow my car. You had you picked up an improv gig in Lehigh or something, so I had to drop my car off. Um, yeah, and then your mother had to drive me back to my house. <laughs> something stupid like that. Right. Oh, that was that was a that was a gig where um, uh, I I booked it and you weren't involved with the gig. Uh, but I was Lehigh University in, in Lehigh, in Pennsylvania. And that was the first sort of road trip experience I ever had. And the kid who I roomed with um, came out as being gay. Right, but didn't he do, uh, didn't he do something creepy with, he he poured he, like he, green he, tea he, into he, a bowl? He put like, he put like this, this type of tea into a hot a bucket and was bathing his feet in it. And, I'm, and, and again, it was on every day. It was the 1992 uh, World Series. I can only so imagine was, a man in a hotel room dipping his feet in tea in a bucket. It was I, said, what are you doing? I, said, I think he slept, you he slept in the car, didn't you? you left. Well, while, while he was while he was doing that, I was trying to I was trying to concentrate on the game because I had money out of the game. Oh it was my God. Braves, Braves and uh, it was Toronto and Atlanta. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I bet, I bet, I forget what I bet, but I know I lost and I was pissed off. And, uh, and then I've got this kid bathing his feet in tea and he's like, yeah, this is a sort of a ritual I have before I, 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 I do a show. And I'm like, Oh my God. Uh, what if he, yeah, <laughs> I think he's even on my Facebook. You? I forget his name now, but <laughs> I think, yeah. Uh, when you, I think you called me from but a payphone and said, after, "He's putting his feet in tea." Yeah. I'm gonna shit myself. So fucking. After that, uh, after that, uh, you know, he he came out. I think as being gay after that or something like that. Uh, and I was like, "Well, that's 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 cool, but uh, the dating and the feet and the tea is the thing I'd rather know about." <laughs> but, well, many could say that Artie Lang made the guy gay, turned him gay. You turned. <laughs> Maybe. So Maybe you, you do Mad TV and all this stuff. Now, I, I guess I also want to ask you, first of all, we're bullshitting here about the old days. But like, how you doing right now, man? What's I'm doing going? good. I'm doing, I'm doing better. I took a break because I had to take a break. Yeah, I, I, I came back and the old me would always jump right into work when I felt a little bit better. And I would overwhelm myself at work and stuff like that. And the... You know, doing it that way, the using of the drugs always came back. Right. Uh, but now... Uh, so you've been sober you know, for quite a long time now, like two and a half years, right? Two and a half years, yeah. Wow, that's incredible, like, man. Right? That's incredible. I mean, I give you a lot of uh, credit for that. That's a yeah. long-ass time, man. I know. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's something that uh, I'm definitely proud of. But, you know, I'm on this thing called drug court, this type of probation. It's a probation on steroids. You know, they're, they're really in your life. But it's working for me. Right, sure. It, it helps me stay, help you stay away from the drugs. And, um, uh, you know, there's some really good people involved with that with that system they call drug court. Right. I've met a lot of good people through there. But I, um, you know, I feel better. I, I stopped. I got right back into work again, like I like I always did, and then I was going too fast, and I said I I got to cut this out uh, for now, 
and make sure the most important thing in my life, which is sobriety, was was the most important thing in my life, really. Well, that was and, that, uh, that was one thing. I know you you you, you got a new manager a couple of years ago, and sometimes you had these managers or booking guys that I thought were always a little shaky. I never really liked them, but when I met this guy when you were doing your podcast right before you kind of shut things down. I always thought he was a straight shooter, and um, uh, Tommy is his name. Um, I yeah, was, great. I always great. thought this is the kind of guy Artie needs. Like, if you're not healthy, you're not doing shows. As soon as you're healthy enough, we'll get you back into playing. We take off. But he was also well, the, uh, thing, the, the thing you always worry about with managers is are they doing their job? Are they actually working for you? Right. And um, you know, our manager for a while, our same manager, Chris Zapato and Peter. Yeah. I'm still I'm still with Peter. They're called you know they're called yeah. artists first now. Did you know that? No. They no, uh, didn't Principato man Peter Principato Management, which we, we were at, became Principato Young and you were still with them at the time. And then yeah, yeah, they yeah. uh Paul Young sold out and another company bought them and now they're called Artists First. Yeah, well Peter was great. Peter yeah. that situation uh, got ruined because of me. Oh, Peter was good and, to you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, my, my drug habit, you know, and everything. So Peter was trying to tolerate that and he just couldn't anymore. And we, we, you know, went our different ways. And then it was a bunch of different people like short term. But, um, but Tommy, as far as uh, like, you know, uh, you wonder if his mad is working for you. The guy's got a work, work ethic that's unbelievable. You know, right. he just, Whenever and, uh, I've spoke to him, I spoke to him a few times over the last couple of years. He's always such a straight shooter, no nonsense. I love it. It's really nice. Yeah, to no, talk he's to good. Him. He's he's uh, the main thing. My main link to shoulders right now is Bobby. Right. And uh, you know, we, he he just uh, is great. So so yeah. So I'm. I mean, thanks for asking. Uh, the fans are always amazing uh, when I see. No, them. I, I get asked all the time, and all I just say simply is, he's sober. He's sober because, you know, I listen, I love you to death. I try to keep in touch with you as best I can. I know sometimes you don't feel like talking to anybody, and I get that. But I'm always like, as long as he's sober, he'll be fine, <laughs> you know. Because right. um, how's your health otherwise? I mean, you, uh, you, you know, if you're. That's the most surprising thing. It's, it's, it's fine. It's, uh, I, you know, uh, I had uh, been diagnosed with having diabetes, which was a real shocker. Uh, so uh, not not doing drugs, that, alcohol, and eating McDonald's at four AM actually makes making you healthy. <laughs> yeah, right. So so I I, uh, I I then since beat that I think I I my blood sugar has been normal for the past year. Uh, every time I take it, and you know, um, but besides that, yeah, no, I I, I for some again. God spared me. That's why that's the line I use now. He spared me somehow uh, those crazy years because I was definitely on a bad road. And, um, you know, uh, in every form of, of, of my life, I was health-wise, legal-wise, financially, um, you know, and and now just to be alive, you wake up every day, you go, wow, you know, it's unbelievable. Yeah, no, it's... Um Listen, man. You know there were many times where I thought, "Oh man, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a phone call, and uh, they're gonna say that." You know, especially now with this big, the, the, uh, there's a pandemic, but there's also a big pandemic of, 
uh, benzos and people getting a bad hit of drugs and, and uh, their heart stopping. So I always thought I was just going to get a phone call one night saying, hey, man, your boy, you know, went too far uh, and it's over. But, you know, somehow you always you always hung in there. And, um, you know, I could see how you could say God had, had a plan for you for sure. I uh, Well, there's a thing. There's a drug now called fentanyl. You talk about danger, man. It's, uh, fentanyl is this high-powered uh, opioid. And um, it's synthetic. It's like synthetic heroin almost. It's. You know, it's weird. We hung out, we hung out a lot from like 1990 to 97. And I, you actually never did drugs in front of me. Um, yeah. Uh, you were good about, I don't know if you were just, you just think I, I would have been uh, definitely pissed off, but I couldn't have stopped you obviously. But um, you never well, did it in front of me. I think sometimes I dropped you off at the house and then you never went inside. Um, uh a couple of times I dropped you yeah. off at ShopRite and you came out with a big box of Tylenol PMs. That should have been a little <laughs> bit of a warning. I don't know if you remember those days. You make Jimmy pull over, pull over. Uh, well, the fact that the fact that my liver like uh, lasted through all that stuff—that's a big thing. Like my liver at times were really high, and then they went back down to normal when I stopped using everything. But right. uh, those pills are are just like forget about it. Uh, I got into a. a, a a mode where I was taking a lot of uh, Percocet, and you know, the, the, you take Percocet and drink it, but hitting your liver with a hammer, and right. I just be right. And um, I somehow, I somehow lived through it and got over all that. I don't know how, uh, but again, um, I, my friends uh, who are real friends like yourself have been great. Have been really great, and uh, the fans have been great. The fans. Uh, you know, have you um, have you been able to have you been able to you know keep in touch with uh, you know I don't know like Nick DePaula and Howard um, you know uh, Robin do you keep in touch with any of those people or you just kind of had to let all that stuff go? Well, how yeah, Howard and Robin I haven't spoke to in years. You know, uh, and again that was my fault. It was my fault. Uh, you know, they were so good to me there, right? And. Um, uh, I get frustrated when people give Howard shit about how he handled the whole situation. How is he supposed to handle it? You know, he, he gave me this great job, and um, you know, after that, you know, he, he, he what was he supposed to do? You know, you know I, a doctor. Uh, yeah, 
I, I always sometimes when you know fans get involved, I always kind of felt, and I, I don't, I don't probably never even said this to you, but I, I always had a sense though of, you know, Howard had a guy coming in and he was scoring thirty-one points a game. That's how good I thought you were on the show, and you know, like Bill Parcells with Lawrence Taylor, when a guy's scoring thirty-one points a game, you tend to turn your back on things that happen after the game. You know what I mean? But do you did you ever get a sense of that, or is that is that just me being a jerk no. off friend? No, Howard. Howard. There's plenty of times where Howard actually sat me down and said, "Listen, if you need to go to rehab, go. When you come back, right. your your job will be here. I mean, what else do you want a boss to do? Yeah, you that's know? true. But that's true. It, it got so out of it got so out of control. You yeah. know that uh, that he he just didn't know what to do, right. and that's what happens with with heroin, especially. Right. Um, if, if you know somebody who's on it and then hooked on it and then and needs it every day, that's that's uh, imagine needing something that's illegal for the it's illegal to obtain, but you need it every day. Yeah, you know that's why that, people that, break that, into people's houses if they run out of money and that, stuff. You know? That's the hell I always tell people: nobody robs a bank on heroin. You rob a bank when you need it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you never, you're nobody, high yeah, after you rob, rob the bank. Yeah, right. No, nobody's on heroin going, life is great. I'm on heroin. Let me rob a bank. It's when, it's when, oh my God, I need heroin. I, I need money. Let me, let me rob the bank. Uh, so so but, when you, uh, when you, um, when you, uh, uh, eventually, listen, I tell people all the time, you know, everybody always asks, when's Artie coming back? And I'm like, you know what? Artie will come back when he's ready. Um, are you looking forward to getting back up on stage someday? And Will you? Yeah, no, will you yeah, do? Absolutely. What kind of material are you going to change? Your, I mean, uh, I guess you got some material that works no matter what you are. But are you going to like change your set, your act, or is it going to be anything like that? Well, not a lot of not, not a lot of people sort of said I was there. The last time we did stand up together, I think was at uh, in Long Island, right? Right. We did governors. I think it was governors. governors. Yeah, governors. Like that, that set is basically the set. Right. You know, because not a lot of people saw that set. I only toured with that for like three months. Hey, um, I'm going to make a comment about that governor show. I'm, I'm curious to what, uh, if you're curious. Usually, I, I've opened up for you maybe, I don't know, what, 15 times, 10 times? We went to Pittsburgh and Columbus, Ohio yeah. and stuff. And I, my, my stand-up wasn't, uh, you know, I was, those were tough shows for me because your fans were rabid and they just wanted to see you and, Every I've seen very good comics bomb opening up for Artie because they scream out, "We want Artie, you suck!" Get him off, you know, part of that thing. But I noticed at Governors that it was nice to see that, like your fan base, you know, from, from a lot of those really stern diehards that are that are near and dear to your heart, they're not twenty two anymore. You know what I mean? They're they're forty years old, and so I thought they listened better. I thought they let you tell your joke. They certainly let me do my material. They let Russ Maneev do his set. They, and they were like, they were still rabid when you got on stage, you know, standing ovation. But it was nice to see. It was a little bit like, oh, Artie can actually do his set now uh, and get laughs without, you know, that do a shot and throwing drinks up at you and shit like that. I, I actually thought it was a pretty cool thing to see. Did you feel that when you were on stage? At, you know, before? Yeah, especially, especially in Long Island, you know, those fans are as hardcore as you get. There in Philly, I always talk about Philly, and the New England area, Boston, Cleveland, right. uh, you know, uh, and uh, you're right, I think the fans are a little older now, 
and uh, maybe not as crazy, but they were always loyal and faithful. But it, oh, it, for sure, it, 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 I was able to follow comedians that I never would able to be able to follow in the real in the real world because it was a certain crowd. Like you said, like Nick Cavallo, Nick is a guy who is brilliant, and uh, so is David. I mean, David Tell for crying out loud went on before me a couple of times when we did gigs together. I mean, that's like God going on first. Right. Uh, and, uh, but it's just like, cause they don't want to deal with the hospital. The, the crazy motherfucker who just yell out my name and stuff like that. But, I gotta be honest with you. It, it, it screwed me up. I, a couple of times we did a show at Razzle's one time and I bombed cause I wasn't ready. And, uh, the crowd was screaming for you and I just wasn't as seasoned. Uh, you know, I don't know how seasoned I am now, but I'm, I'm certainly a little bit better at handling that. And, but I remember a couple of shows with like Nick DiPaolo. Like you, you, I mean, listen, you were throwing me a bone for sure because I was a buddy of yours. But you, you had such killer comedians. I'm thinking, what the fuck? I'm, I'm on stage with like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and here comes Daniel Jones, fires over the middle first now. You know, but they, yeah. they did kind of give me love from Beer League, thank God. And of course, I had to bring that up uh, constantly. Yeah, okay. So I gotta tell you, man. They, they, there was a period of time. Beer league. Don't talk about beer league. Um, I I cannot believe the people that are into that movie. How is oh, dude, you have no idea, man. You have no idea. Everywhere I go, yeah, I get recognized. They quote lines. Yeah, right. yeah. Sometimes uh, we. I was going to the Super Bowl that was in New York City. And I was going with my girlfriend at the time, and uh, we had to take a bus from where I parked uh, because parking was always an issue. And I, I parked across Route Three at this place that was charging like people like two hundred bucks to park. I know exactly. And, like, you know, yeah, you were safe and everything was fine. My Patterson Plank Road and stuff like that. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, the, these group of kids were on the bus behind us started quoting the movie and they actually did the film I think the, the, the entire time <laughs> well, I think they quoted the entire movie did you and know I, I got know. a Facebook post from a guy a message All right, he said to me hey listen big fan of the show I play on a softball team in Iowa and we name your we name our team after a line from beer league every year and this year they were called the Healthy Lou Gehrig's. That's what Johnny Trudeau says. I got to show you on, on one of the episodes. Jimmy Palumbo interviews Johnny Trino on this podcast. I have to send that to you. You get a kick out of it. So, beer league, was, beer league is big, man, and in the Northeast especially. Uh, it's been good for my career. I know that. Yeah, so I'm saying, you know, so so like there was a period of time where I had this. this open up for my act. Uh, I had a, a a DVD open up for my shows where it showed all the things I had done from there to you to Howard's everything. And by far, except for Stern, the thing that got like huge applause every time was a clip from Beer League. Right. Like, uh, and mentioning that on stage gets a huge applause and you can tell the love is there so it's good it makes you feel like it was worth doing because that's that's the, the love you get from the fans is certainly all we got out of it <laughs> funny but but i i saw i did stand up um 
you were there that night. Were you the other night, Michael Imperioli from the Sopranos? Was that at the gig? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, he, well, Christopher from the Sopranos, the gig I did on a Wednesday night in Manhattan. Um, and, uh, oh, I was, he, you know what, Art? I was there, but I was in the back. I couldn't get, uh, I got like shoved out the side. I didn't know where you went. That's right. I was there that night. I was there. I didn't know either. And then I can't, I got off stage and my manager, Tommy, was there. And he said, you know, Mike Imperial is here. I said, get out of here. I'd love to meet him because I'm a huge fan of, especially his work on that show. Um, and he, uh, he came up and he said, hey, you know, he knew Seymour Cassell from the in independent film days, I guess, that he had. And uh, because you did that movie, Mad TV with Seymour, Mad TV, you did that movie, uh, Beerly with Seymour today. But I tell you, I didn't expect much from that movie when I watched it, but my God, that movie's got a lot of heart. It's really great. Congratulations on that. And for yeah, a guy awesome. like that, yeah, you know, so. I always, um, want, I always wanted to do a Beer League 2 or animated. We Remember for a while we were thinking about doing a Beer League 2 animated show? Um, you got to realize it's like, it's a big deal to us, but when you mention it to people in showbiz, it's just a failure. You know, it's right. like... I still think I still think we could do an animated show, a little, uh, like a Family Guy style kind of thing. Uh, maybe someday, who knows? We'll be old men by then, but it doesn't matter. There's always hope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, that, that's the whole. We want to do an animated show. Now you're talking about a whole new, all the whack. <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what? I'm going to tell people that Artie Lang is going to do an animated show, but Artie has to do the animation himself. <laughs> 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 so uh, so wait another, another another rumor I want I want to uh, get rid of uh, every now and then I'll read online Artie Lang is living in Florida and I always laugh at that because I'm like Artie doesn't really like Florida that much <laughs> it's too hot there and there's no way Artie Lang's in Florida and sometimes I'll go on your Artie Lang super fan site and say um, Artie Lang is not in Florida. <laughs> Well, you know what's funny? I got a thing. I got a text from a kid, a great kid named Richie Wilson, who's a, a, a Howard TV guy, one of the cameraman producers there. And um, he, he, you know, left the show and everything and, and opened up a restaurant in Tampa. And he said, hey, Art, I heard you live down here. Come by. <laughs> That's well, crazy. That's what's in Tampa. I can't make it. I don't live in I don't live in <laughs> yeah, I, I knew, you know, if they would have said like, you know, South Carolina or North Carolina, I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, but I knew you would, uh, Artie Lang's not going to live in Florida. That's not going to happen. And uh, how, how's your family doing? Your sister, your mom? How's everybody doing? Everybody's doing great. Everybody's doing great. Uh, you know, my sister and mother are great. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I still live in Hoboken and, uh, I, I, I love it here. And um, that's it. Yeah. So I, I, I don't live in Florida for sure. You know, but it's actually, it's actually, it's funny. A lot of these guys are moving. A lot of people are moving out of New York and LA. Like, like you mentioned, Nick the pilot was in Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. And does a pilot in Savannah, Georgia, which I, I, that was, that's flabbergasted me. But, uh, I guess now in today's world, you know, with self tapes and MP3s and recording yeah, stuff, you know, yeah. you know what? I'm I, re, I record the show in Mattawan, New Jersey, which uh, uh, so one of these days I'll have to bring you down here to the studios and check it out. The only problem is, um, one of the owners is a cowboy fan, 
And the other owner is a Packer fan, so that, that annoys the shit out of me. And when you walk in, you got to look at a Witten jersey and a Dak Prescott shirt. So you'll have a field day with that, I'm sure. Yeah, that's, that's just bad parenting. Okay. <laughs> that's great because his father's a huge Cowboy fan, too. That's great. I know. I know. Every, they get mad at me, like, why do you hate the Cowboys? I'm like, because I'm, I'm a Giant fan, and I live in New Jersey, and I'm a Giant fan, and fuck the Cowboys. Yeah. That's another beer league reference I want to get in there. That uh, Manganelli is a is a, is a cowboy fan. That and and Frank Sebastiano, who who basically wrote beer league and, and directed it, um, put that in there because he knows exactly what we're talking about. Those giant, those giant fans from Jersey, uh. from Jersey. There's cowboy fans all over the place. You know, you know, I know it's in football. In football, it's like if you had a team that was great in the seventies. You have fans all over the country. That's because true. There's a Viking. Remember in L.A. when you go to a game on Sunday, you uh, there would be like a, the Pir- uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers had a huge contingent, Cowboys, um, all these different uh, Minnesota Vikings, believe it or not, have like a national fan base. Uh, Packers as well. And, um, they were great in the 70s. Right. They were great in the 70s. And uh, the Dolphins. And... Uh, like there's more Dolphin fans in the country than there are Patriot fans, I would assume. Right. Uh, well, the Dolphins though have sucked for so. Dolphins have sucked almost as much as the Cowboys have in the last 25 years. So, um, any chance I get to throw the Cowboys under the bus, uh, I do. Um, but yeah, it's just a. But I remember in L.A. it was like a really wacky, wacky thing to. Like, nobody was watching the Giants. I don't know why, but the fuck you gonna do? But uh, I think the Giants are gonna be pretty good this year. So. Anyway, what um, uh, makes sure what, what when do you, you think you'll be doing any shows soon? Are you gonna wait like another couple of months or the end of the year, start two thousand twenty two? Are you just not well, sure not, yet? Nothing soon, nothing soon right now. Um, I'm still just uh, getting myself together. Okay, and uh, working on that, but nothing soon. No. Well, you uh, uh, you be sure to let. Uh, when you ever you're doing a show, I definitely want to talk about it on the air and tell everybody and get people uh, fannies in the seats and all that stuff. And so what are you doing this now? I do it. Uh, well, first of all, I, it drops every Tuesday morning. The reason why I drive, I could do this from my couch, but I drive down just to fuck on the Cowboys. But the main reason why I drive down here is just to give me a sense of showbiz. I mean, like, I could do it from the couch, but you don't see the people. I don't get to meet the owners. And, you know, I've been heavily involved with the network here. It's called uh, Chop Sports Network, Chop Sports Media. And we have 11 shows on. Joe Matteries has his podcast on. Um, and we have a couple other comedians, a guy named John Sapinaro. He does a Jet show and a Met show. And so we got like 11, 12. They do a daily show here. And my show's once a week. And uh, this will be show number 24. So, um that's what we do, man. I started. I got. I'm late. I'm very late to the podcast dance. I should have been doing this ten years ago, but I was a jerk off and I didn't realize it. And um, I think you'd get a kick out of uh, some of the old shows. I do references. I think you'll get. You know. Everybody should have been doing it ten years ago. Look at this. A guy and a guy like Joe Rogan just moved to Austin, Texas. I know. Uh, well, he's like the Michael yeah. Jordan of podcasts. Oh, I know. Absolutely. But he moved to Austin after he got this big deal, I guess. And Nick Nixon, Georgia. Yeah. Uh, I heard other people. Anthony Cooney, I think, is moving to South Carolina or something. And 
Yeah, people are getting out of the main cities for showbiz. Well, if you're making it, if you can make money on your make enough money on your podcast, you can do it from anywhere, really. Once you get the right equipment and all that other stuff. Um, but uh, you know, it's not. Um, I'm not quite there yet <laughs> on the uh, on the massive fees that I get here at the Chop Sports. Uh, but we actually got some things in the works, which I can't talk about over the air, that uh, are really exciting business wise. So if that goes our way, that'll be fun. Um, but you know, you know the drill of the podcast. You got to try to grow the audience, and and you got to do funny shows. And now it's all about Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and all that bullshit. And you try to get people to listen to your show. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on the air talking about Bill Sudeikis, and nobody's laughing, you know. It's always a big new, always a big new thing, TikTok. In the next, uh, I hate when people call to me, like younger people, say, oh, you got to do TV on TikTok. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Now you sound like... Now you sound like uh, 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 Joe Pesci and the Goodfellas. They haven't been around in a while. You know, it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> but you know, TikTok. The problem with TikTok, you get a million views, and no one, no one watches your podcast. So, um, you know, uh, I've been saying it for years. The, the the only thing with social media is no one actually listens to the show. They all read about you doing a show, but no one. No one reads the script. No one watches the movie, and, and, and unless your core audience, and that you build over time. But I, I was amazed at your podcast how um, how completely uh, y- your guests were outrageous. You got huge guests. I mean, I know I sat in with Charles Oakley and Colin Quinn. Um, I was going to call Colin Quinn see if he wanted to come on my show. I never got around to it, but uh, you got tremendous guests. I mean, Lawrence Taylor. It was it was awesome. Yeah, well, it's tremendous us. Again, you got to remember, it's a younger person in their 20s. Lawrence Taylor is not so much, but for me and you, it's like Babe Ruth coming Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. But uh, it's funny how how the world moves on, especially with sports. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, did, I did 20 shows uh, of the new podcast. That, um, they were good, man. You did good work on those, I thought. Yeah, Thank you. Uh, and uh, that's what I mean coming back was just a continuation of that. When I probably the first thing you see from me is new podcasts. Uh, well, you're more than you're more than welcome to be on the Chop Sports Network with Artie Lang getting involved here. <laughs> but, you never know. You never know. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that door open. Well, listen, man. I appreciate you coming on. I know you. I know you haven't really done any interviews or anything. Uh, I appreciate you doing my thing, man. Um, it's good to hear your voice. It's good to you know know that you still you still you're still alive. You're still uh, funny and you're busting balls and you get the old days. And um, I love the fact that you're going to be coming back soon. Uh, whenever the hell that is, we'll uh, we'll be around to bust your balls. You know. Yeah. If there's anyone who I'd want to have cut off my sentences, it's you. <laughs> All right, I did cut you off a few times. <laughs> well, I'm the king of that. I'm the king of that. I can't, you know. Uh, Artie just says my pod. He just told me in so many words my podcast sucks. <laughs> well, I, I, you know what? I've learned it's hard to be an interviewer. It's hard to be an interviewer. Way harder than I thought. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, there's an art. You know, that's why if you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, I've been on his podcast twice now, too. Um, What's amazing about Joe is 
you know, he's funny and, and insightful and in uh, and of himself, but he li- he really listens. He really listens and lets lets the guy talk. Right. Uh, and that, that's the key to it. But um, I, you're great, man. I told you. You said I, you're doing a podcast, and I told you. I said, well, the least surprising thing I'm going to hear is that you're good at it. Because <laughs> I, I know appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I we're, uh, one, man. we're growing it little great. by little. We're getting there. Well, keep it up, brother. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. I'm going to be. Um, Actually, I may be, uh, I may be uh, on Wednesday. I may be around Hoboken, so maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll swing in. I got to help a guy move a couch in Jersey City at three o'clock, so maybe I'll swing by. We'll grab uh, grab coffee or something. Well, you talk about showbiz uh, uh, clubs. There you go. I'll be helping a guy move a couch in Jersey City. <laughs> It's my buddy Dave. He needs help with a couch, so maybe I'll go to you at three o'clock. So maybe I'll get to your place around one, and then we'll. Uh, what do you got coming up? You're playing. Uh, you're playing Caroline. What are you doing? I'm helping a guy move a couch. <laughs> so wait a minute. I could say Artie Lang's official comeback is Wednesday at three o'clock, helping Jimmy Palumbo move a couch. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm, I wouldn't be the guy coming to help you move. I can the guy comes to watch you move a couch. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to tell the guy, listen, only way I'm doing it is if my buddy Artie Lank could come and watch us do this. <laughs> well, first of all, I know you would have the disinteresting walk as we try to move the couch, which I've seen many times. You that guys, have the, the owners here don't know what it's like when Artie Lang does not want to do something. <laughs> There's a slow yeah, was, lumbering walk. There's a disinterest. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was my favorite line from you in the, back in the old uh, improv days uh, when you would uh, you would see me walk back from a diner. <laughs> you dropped me over a diner to get something like a large chocolate milk at the end of the night, uh, and uh, you would say you'd be looking, you'd be disgusted with me. I go, "What's your problem?" You go, "There's a disinterest." <laughs> Because it would be 4.30 in the morning. I had to drive home. We end up at the Holland Tunnel Diner, and Artie goes, pull in, I want to get a milkshake. And then he would, he would like, take his sweet old time. He'd take a piss, come back to, and he, as he was walking to the car, he was just, he had a disinterest in me, the car, getting home, nothing. We also, one night we spent... Remember the night we spent two hours watching the guy make the make the uh, the home fries for the morning crowd? We watched the guy and slice the potatoes and, 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 and slice peppers. We were mesmerized by it. Onions, peppers and onions, and, and, and uh, the, uh, the side potatoes, yeah. And we watched and it, and, and we were kind of buzzing, so we're just staring at this guy. He had a cigarette out of his mouth, no one in the place. And there's already me and Artie staring at it like we were watching a magician. <laughs> Yeah, I think I was. I think I, I started experimenting with ecstasy at that time. The, the, the last thing you want to watch is you know, ecstasy. I tell people, yeah, Artie got into drugs. Was he like, was he with whores and doing? A, no, no, no. He was at the Holland Tunnel Diner watching a guy make peppers and eggs. <laughs> yeah, on ecstasy, watching a guy make peppers and eggs. <laughs> oh shit, man! I love this material. It cracks me up. All right. Well, one of these days we got to get you back on the softball field as well. So, um, when's the last time you threw a ball around? You might be, you might look like Chambliss in that one at bat. <laughs> I'm going to be 54 in a month. I'm 56, bro. Calm down. You're a large sailor. 
I know. That's why I thought this year's supposed to go my way because I went from Gary Reasons to Lawrence Taylor. My biggest fear is 57, I'll be Byron Hunt. And so that's no good. <laughs> you know, I, I would tell you that every show, the episode number, I, I name the show number, I name it from a guy. So this will be show number 24. Um no, we do. It has to be like a shitty guy. It has to be someone like a, a little goofy, not not the major star, you know. So like number twelve, number twelve instead of Starback or Brady, I chose Jim Spencer. So you know that's why I do the show. Which I know none of my audience knows who Jim Spencer is, but Artie does. So anyway. well, that's what <laughs> you know what I do. Classic. How about a little hand in the face? Oh my god, I know that's. Uh, but the, the Giants have probably had a million shitty number 24. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, matter of fact, I got to go online and, and look for the, you know, we're going to uh, might do the, well, I can't even say this. <laughs> we're doing the show out of sequence. I may have to redo the opening now. Anyway. All right, man, listen, I appreciate it. I don't want to waste any more of your time. Appreciate you coming on. And, uh, I'll give you a shot in a little bit. All right, brother. Thanks a lot, Jim. Many right. more good you got it. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. That's right. That was the great Artie Lang doing my show. Uh, I can't thank Artie enough. I know he's been uh, getting himself better mentally and physically, and it was so great to have him on the show. It's a big deal for me personally. Um, I do talk to him all the time. I'm friends with him for, again, since 1991, as he said. Um, it just was great to hear his voice. I loved it. And uh, I think some of his... Uh, Fan base is really going to love it too. And again, thank you so much to Artie Lang and Chris and Dave here behind the glass. And um, that's it. Show number 24 in the can with Artie Lang. I appreciate it. We'll see you next week with another special guest. Actually, this is the first time I always end it with a special guest. We actually have Well, the, the, the special guest has always been. Artie. Yeah. So yes, we it, finally got him. Maybe it was we have supposed to, to be Artie that. every week, but we finally did. But, uh, again, thanks a lot. We'll see you guys next week. Where have you